You're listening to the Knowing Motherhood Podcast. I'm your host, Linnell Peters, and it's an honor to walk alongside you in motherhood, whether the journey is just beginning or you're right in the thick of it. I believe that your worth as a mother is not based on your performance and that your greatest strength is the love that you have for your children, whether they're in your arms or only in your heart. My prayer is that this little corner of the podcast world will leave you feeling more equipped, more hopeful, and less alone than when you arrived. Hey friends, welcome back to the podcast. Um, Today, this is episode 33, and I'm back again with part two of my conversation with Pat Wiedemer. Um, Last week, Pat joined me to discuss what the pro-life movement looks like in Canada currently and what it means to truly value all life. Our conversation continues today as we focus in on the importance of healthy families and how to discuss the topic of abortion with our children. Pat shares very practical thoughts on raising our children to value life and understand the importance of serving others. She also emphasizes how critical our work in the home is as mothers, which I love, and the huge impact that healthy homes have in regards to this issue of abortion in our society. So without any further delays, let's jump back into this very important conversation with Pat Wiedemer of Life Canada. What are some ways here in Canada for women to support the efforts and maybe even go a step further, you know, beyond the conversation? What's an, what are some next steps there? Um, well, again, yeah. <laughs> Mother Teresa said, if you want to change the world, yes, love, go love home it. and love your family. So Absolutely. It starts at home. I am raising the next generation. So everything I do is going to influence what's going to happen in 20 years from now. So mm-hmm. be proud of yourselves, mom. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you have the hand that rocks the cradle. And this is no small thing. This is a tremendous uh, power that we have in our families and in society to yeah. raise that generation. And when we mothers say, here's the bar, this is what goes and this is what doesn't go in my home. Um then uh, we have we're next to the Almighty, honestly, um, in in that role. So what what is that bar? We have to look at that. And any mother who's uh, you know committed to her family, she loves her children, and wants the best for them. Now, that's our main goal. I want my children to raise to be raised up, and as a Christian, I want them to believe in God. So I have that Christian element in there. But uh, regardless of my Christian motivations, every mother wants her child to grow up to be healthy and happy to be uh, to be good <laughs> uh, in meaning that he's helpful he's integrated and uh, is you know a building block of society that 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 does good for this human flourishing that i spoke of so with mm-hmm. the little children um I started when I was looking at my little guys there and thinking you know when i send them off to school waving them goodbye i would often say be good then it occurred to me, he said, I wonder if they know what that means. <laughs> you know, because, yeah. you know, he's eight. He's waving back to me, saying, oh, yeah, I'll be good. And I thought, hmm. So, so I, maybe I had to put some qualifiers on that. And I began to think of a little rhyme that I did with my kids. And the first thing I would say with them is, be good, do good, avoid evil, and make someone happy. So this became our little mantra in the mornings whenever we would uh, say goodbye on the way to school. So I not only do I want you to, to, to be good in your own right, 
you know, be everything that an eight-year-old boy needs to be, you know, and he's mm-hmm. a schoolboy, so you're you're gonna have to go to school you're gonna have to be obedient to your teacher and you know play nicely with your classmates and be responsible for the work that you're given so these are the the things that fulfills the goodness of the eight-year-old child for example mm-hmm. but it doesn't stop at that we're called to do good so how can i help how can i be better at what i am like helping my friends helping my neighbors sharing my lunch perhaps or things like this uh, waiting my turn uh these kinds of things in the world of an eight-year-old that's those are the challenges um to uh, avoid evil now that's an interesting concept well Every child can say, can say, well, that kid's a bully, or that was not nice, or, I mean, even two-year-olds yes. have a formed conscience in that, or they know very well when they've been naughty uh, that that was not nice. Um, so avoiding evil means, well, I shouldn't do that myself. I should avoid those kinds of certain circumstances. And as the child grows, we say, well, what about temptations to, to engage in that? So you can expand it as the child goes. Um, and then make someone happy. At the end of the day, you know, you should like put your head on your pillow and say, you know, I made little Joey happy today or I made my mummy happy or, you know, and all of this fosters in the child a responsibility for the welfare of my fellow man uh, to be able to engage in the other person's needs and uh, requirements, desires in my own needs as well, but not forgetting them as well, um, because it's an exchange here um, that we grow into in our society. So though that's one area right there in the home, starting with that uh, awareness that it's not all about me. Now, if you've yes. got a two-year-old in your home, he's like, the heck it isn't. <laughs> that two-year-old <laughs> believes absolutely that the world revolves around absolutely, them. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> to a certain degree, that's perhaps true, <laughs> but it's a yeah. short-lived truth in this one. Because yes. we know none of us can permit the two-year-old to remain a two-year-old. It would be grave mm-hmm. injustice to the child and society at large. So yeah. a good parent's going to raise that child up and lead them into uh, ability for self-control and self-awareness and all those things. And one of the first things that little children and families can learn is the love of life. Um, who hasn't gone walking with their children and had to stop at every single earthworm on the street saying oh, oh I know. here's another yeah. one <laughs> isn't it gorgeous you know a ladybug yeah. the leaves coming out these are these mundane things that we as adults have lived over and over again and in our right. busyness don't stop and wonder at but as soon as you have a child with you oh my goodness how do we see the world so differently yeah and it's a beautiful thing to mm-hmm. foster that that joy and sense of awe and wonder at the growth of life and the miracle Literally, how does it happen that that leaf comes on that tree again? You know, let's figure that out. And that, you know, leads to scientific discovery, uh, which is good. I mean, God made us with a rational brain in his image to be able to discover the world and use these good, this good knowledge for his glory. So all that's coupled into the family development as we're working with our children. Um, other siblings are one of the biggest teachers of love and life that you have and when your your kids are going at each other there in their bedroom about something or other about whose turn it is to take the cat do the cat box um Mm -hmm. you know what they're learning is that you know there there is stress in life there is i'm going to have to learn to negotiate i'm going to have to learn to compromise i'm going to learn to have to sacrifice you know 
sometimes you know that's what you're going to have to do so this idea of learning to sacrifice out of love for another this is a mm. very valuable skill that takes years of training it takes it from day zero to by the time they leave our house and then they become married couples and you say like now the fun really begins you yeah, know you really you chose this person you just didn't yes. get born in the family you actually chose your spouse and we have to uh you know learn to adapt and our lives are filled with these everyday kinds of sacrifices uh, for one another so this takes training and this is one of the things why uh, abortion has has become rampant because we haven't learned to sacrifice there's no st- speaking of the nobility of sacrificing or giving my life for another I mean unless it's mm. done in a heroic way of you know jumping into the river and you know you get a red cross medal which is <laughs> I don't want to diminish that but you know everyday sacrifice to come home to your family after work, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. to get up mm-hmm. at, you know, 4 a.m. in the morning and say, I'll get the bottle for the baby, honey, to say, you know, well, maybe I'll not go to the movies because, you know, my my son or daughter wants to have a hockey lesson or something like this. The, the multitude of personal sacrifices that parents make out of love for their children, for their spouse, and for the good of society because when we teach our society this, um, our children will grow into the world and be able to continue that legacy that we've placed into their hearts and minds. So changing the world means a mother has that absolute power right there in her home, instinctively, that she knows this is how my children uh, have to live. And it's a battle. It's a battle between good and evil, the good we know we should do, uh, the world at large. One mom was telling me she raised five children, um, wonderful kids, all very successful. She's a grandmom now too. And she said to me, you know, none of them are pro-life and none of them go to church anymore. And I don't know what happened. I don't know. I raised them all. I taught them this. I brought them to church. I don't know what happened. And she looked at me, she says, I never guessed how strong the other side was. I simply wow. underestimated it. And I don't think there's been any truer words spoken. We live in a world right now where, um, speaking in Christian terms, I would say evil or the demonic is is rampant. One of the yes. reasons for this is that we don't want to recognize it. Mm, you know? I agree. And we as Christians are obligated to recognize, one, that we belong to God, and that uh, the forces of evil are there to sway us away. And if we mm-hmm. underestimate these things, then we won't be prepared for battle correctly. Uh, right. Battle means prayer. Battle means upholding the good. A battle means uh, being diligent and being courageous and speaking out, be it at you know, PTA meetings or in our churches, um, uh, communities, letters to editor, whatever the means might be in the station right. that you're in in life. Mm-hmm. Um, to uh, uh, to uphold these good qualities, these virtuous aspects of life, which we as Christians would recognize as, as coming from God. But if we were to analyze them, there'd be no different from the secular person who says, I want to lead a good life. You know, what does it mean to be good yeah. in, in yeah. society? We would come to the same truth. And these basic yeah. uh, human uh, aspects of every single society that has flourished 
has upheld the truth that uh, you know self preservance uh, don't kill don't steal um, you know mm-hmm. don't uh, avoid evil uh, honor your god um, and be respectful of these these basic tenets um, which in need to be honed in again and reiterated i think uh, with a positivity uh, that's due their uh, um, their honor and correctness. Yeah, I fully agree, mm-hmm. and I, I I believe wholeheartedly as well that biblical principles just cannot be contested. Mm-hmm. You cannot argue with these things that have been set before us. Mm-hmm. Um, they are the bedrock of a healthy yes. society. Yeah. And um, yes, I very I appreciate how you brought that back around mm-hmm. to the original question of what can women do, and I. It, that that the foundation that we set in our home is number one, loving our families well and building them up so they have the tools and that they are equipped. Our children mm-hmm. have the ability to stand up for what is right and teaching them what is right based on biblical principles. It is a huge undertaking, and this is why earlier I expect I expressed. Um, somewhat passionately (laughs) that it drives me crazy that our world has managed to convince women that they are not enough yeah that they they are just a mom you are not just a mom yeah you have an essential critical role in everything that is going on in the world today and if you want to see change happen it starts in the home yeah. And 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 you also did mention that we can speak up at different meetings. We can address councilmen and mm-hmm. in our right our our political leaders. We yeah. can write letters. We can take action. And I don't know what it is, but it seems to me that we have especially as Christian women, been told that silent is more peaceful. Mm-hmm. Um, there is this belief there. I, I think that we're just afraid to speak up. We think somehow, I, mean, I don't know, maybe it's just a fear of man and putting ourselves in the line of fire. Maybe that is what it is. I, I don't know. It's maybe different for each person, but we have to come to a place where we understand that being silent is 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 is. Is approving <laughs> it's yes. approving yes. the wrongdoing that we see yeah. in society yeah. out of it a is. desire to be you know polite <laughs> canadians and have that about us <laughs> that's exactly um, right and i i do mm-hmm. believe that that yeah. is one of the problems that we have yeah. in canada yes so pat explaining abortion to young children can be so hard um mm-hmm. this is something that we want to we want our children to believe that the world is good i think a lot of women come into this conversation feeling like I don't want to burst this precious little bubble, especially if they're being raised in a home that has a mom and a dad that is overall functional and healthy. It's so hard to introduce them to some of these weighty topics like like abortion and trafficking and and abuse and things like that. If they haven't been exposed to it, it's so hard to know where to begin. Um, We obviously agree and we know and believe that educating our children on this topic is so important. But where, how can we be sensitive to their individual ages? And where do we start this conversation with them? And it's going to be different, I know, with each one. But can you give us some guideline for the mom who is, maybe she's got, you know, say a, a three, five, and a seven-year-old. And mm-hmm. and she's she's trying to decide, like, you know, the seven-year-old heard the word abortion and is wondering about this. How does she enter into this conversation in a way that's age-appropriate for her child? 
Yes. Well, I think with all things when talking about mothering skills is uh, first, you know your child best. You yes. know, what the and within the family, the one is more sensitive, the other is brazen. Um, you know how to approach topics and to uh, to, um, to teach and to mother uh, best according to that individual child. So that's your first rule of thumb right there. Um, knowing your own child and what they can deal with. And the, then, of course, the circumstance that you find yourself. Why is the child, um, you know, asking this or why do you feel the need that you need to talk about these topics? Uh, sometimes it comes from the child. Sometimes it comes from the, the parent side or maybe an outside influence. They might have seen a movie or heard other kids talking about this or someone told them something and, uh, you know, it wasn't your timing. But now you have the issue that where you have to deal with that. So uh, weigh those things uh, carefully to know where this is coming from. Because if it's coming from the child, maybe you only need to answer in a very short, limited answer. And that will be enough. Um, if it's coming from outside school influences or uh, society, perhaps, then maybe there's a much more graphic uh, experience in there that the child needs considerably more attention and explanation on things. Mm -hmm. The first rule when, in all of this is that talking about difficult things it should be the, the, the standard go-to in, in your family anyway. Um, whether it's disagreements in the playground, well, why did this happen and what do you think about that and could it have happened differently or what are some of the other options? To bring that awareness so you've got a basis of being able to hold these kinds of talks with your children. This, I mean, starting right as early as they can talk, you start talking about it. And, you know, I like to say when my little guys were there and under the, the preschool age or the early school age there, uh, there's, you know, there's days where you simply cannot discuss or, or uh, you know, reason with your child. That's the time where I need to be the authoritative mother and say, it's going to happen this way because I'm the mom. You know, mm -hmm. there's days when that's mm -hmm. absolutely necessary. But there's other times where you might say, well, we could make a decision on this. What are we going to choose? We could have this. We could have that. So to skill yourself in those kinds of discussions about mundane things that are not so difficult from their topics so that you've already got a basis there to work with when these kinds of topics come up because they will. Mm -hmm. There's no doubt about it. The other thing I think we need as mothers to be aware of is that these topics come up much earlier than we would ever have anticipated. Mm -hmm. For some reason, we think that, you know, she's only nine. She doesn't need to know about these things. You know, she's only 10 or 14 or this is not, or we don't have any involvement in that. Or, you know, we're, we don't belong to those kinds of groups. Or she wouldn't be influenced by this or he won't be influenced by this. And um, I think we do ourselves a disservice and it's a bit of putting on the blinders and not being aware that these influences today this, these experiences, abortion, pornography, um, all these issues are in those kids' faces 24-7. Mm -hmm. um, if they've got, a child's got a cell phone uh, or an iPhone there, then they have access to it. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, and so the uh, wise attention to any kind of media uh, must certainly be something that you have to pay attention to to minimize that effect on your children, that influence um, in there. Those are things that every healthy family would be, I think, concerned about as to what are my children viewing and taking, so long as I know that. Mm -hmm. Like, what can I see and control? I can't control what's going on in school. 
um, what friends were meeting, what kinds of topics, ask those standard questions. Uh, you know, who are you with? Where are you going? What time are you going to be home? You know, what did you talk about? And if you've built that basis up, then if there was anything there where your child's, you know, disturbed or upset about or conflicted about, that they have that medium already laid down in their their go-to, you know, bag saying, you know, so-and-so said this. What does that mean, mom? Um, when we were at the party or the movie showed this or that, what does that, uh, what does that mean? Is that okay? Is that not okay? Um, so you have build that basis. So that's what the first thing I would make, uh, give as advice, uh, to, um, to any mom and any dad. And the other is, is to start dealing with the norm. <laughs> I had a conversation this afternoon where we were speaking about euthanasia and she's a nurse, this woman, and said, you know, the dying process is your body shuts down and there's, they speak of even the body preparing you for death. So it's not painful and traumatic. Whereas the maid issue, which is another whole issue, is a very traumatic, you know, abrupt end to the person's life. And in this conversation, we came and said, you know, in all these areas, we seem to have forgotten to talk about what is normal. What is the normal dying procedure in this case that we were talking about? But what is normal for a woman to, you know, conceive a child? You know, mm -hmm. the beauty of a pregnancy. We were made to be able to do this. We're not men. <laughs> we are women. You know, in yeah. our bodies, our DNA, our whole anatomy and chemical setup, everything from the top to toe has been set up to be able to give birth to new life. Mm -hmm. And um, to look at this with open eyes of wonder and beauty, say that this is, this is good and right and proper, that when the time comes that you're prepared to bring a new child into the world, you too will be able to do this when we're talking about uh, a little girl or to a son, you know, when we say you too will be a daddy one day and bring this child in and look what your wife will do, um, you know, and how the baby grows to focus on the, the fetal de development. There's loads yeah. of sea um, uh, baby apps that you can look at and see what's my baby doing at this development or at that development. Uh, things there where you can show beautiful pictures. There's wonderful animation as well that's out there about the how a child grows and what they can do in utero uh, to expand that wonder and awe so when a child or a teenager sees someone who's pregnant they'll have that inner smile and think wow you said six months I know that that baby's doing this he can hear you now <laughs> you know these kinds of things that they'll mm -hmm. relish in the humanity already and know that as this is normal this is the way humanity uh, you know continues in the world and this is how a child comes into the world um, when the children are of appropriate age to explain sexuality uh, in a beautiful and uplifting way um, in my day that goes back a while um, I think we saw in school a film about frogs you know, so, oh really <laughs> yeah, yeah like that's the frogs and okay here's a baby at the end of the film and uh, hmm, a few missing Interesting. <laughs> and then it kind of went from this like we're not going to talk about this kind of stuff to all of a sudden like here's absolutely all the gory details and you can do this and you can do that and it's a heyday go 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 free for all kind of business which mm. you know is like way mm. too much um I'm absolutely for that healthy, proper, full understanding of sexuality ought to be taught to children when they are of the appropriate age to begin to understand these concepts and are asking yeah. for them. That's usually around 13, 14 years of age when their bodies are changing in that way.
right you know plus minus on the depending on the child um what i disagree with is not teaching an ethical aspect of a sexual education i think mm. that this act and we all know it this act means something in our society mm-hmm. and in our world as on the anthropological sociological theological biological levels you name it it has meaning and depth so we yes. ought to be treating it with more sacredness and more respect if you Amen. want to bring in people who are saying you know and this is how you get an abortion all right go ahead and do that that is true it's legal in our country but bring in the other side as well. The, yes, l- allow yeah. me to speak in schools and say, but you can also choose adoption. You can also choose. You can also choose to abstain um, from this act until you're ready to receive that child. Because guess what? The child's mm-hmm. deserving of being a, of having a father and a mother. And unless mm-hmm. you're prepared and capable of doing that, and clearly school kids are not set up to be parents yet. You know, they're not there yet. They haven't got the skill set. So um, we have to be honest about everything and be honest about all the uh, extra side effects of, you know, wanton sexual behavior. Let's talk about STDs that are skyrocketing, like the the two to three thousand percent, these things. Let's talk about the effects of the pill on the the woman's body, on society, environment, Mm -hmm. all these things. Let's get it all. If you want to talk at all, then let's be open about it. And so for a parent... Um, schools are not necessarily doing this right now so I look at my responsibility as mom and dad to say I've got to find that information so do some reading sit down get some good literature for, uh, and you and your husband sit down and figure out um, what do we want to say there's some materials out there there's all sorts of uh, thing focus on the families of one of the great agencies life canada has uh, various materials churches have various materials on this that can give you a good perspective that's in line with your faith values there's lots of secular mm. materials as well for those uh, who want that area who can give uh, rational and reasonable truth about this is what's what we're dealing with um, yeah, yeah and to be able to talk about it so that sets the norm uh, for these kinds of things and when mm-hmm. a young child asks about abortion I would approach the topic by saying first of all this is the beauty of what's gone on here and mm-hmm. naturally I think the child would some are, are, are they're just so you know they're so innocent and so beautiful and they say you mean you can get a baby and not be married <laughs> yes yes you can you know the, yeah, that means yeah. that did she do this and I yes yes that did <laughs> you know but you mummy said that that's not a good idea and I said well yeah, look at that no I don't think it's a good idea uh, outside of marriage because well here we have a baby now and a baby like you a child needs mom and dad and it's gonna be hard for this woman to you know provide that for, for this yeah. It's not impossible, but it's going to be hard. And that just makes it all a little bit more difficult. It's like running out of the house without tying your shoes. You know, yes, you can get to the end of the driveway, but it's considerably more harder to walk when your shoes aren't tied properly. So so let's tie the shoes. It makes sense Mm -hmm. to um, uh, relate these kinds of sensible choices um, of making my life easier for me and for the world around me to the Mm -hmm. world that the child knows. You know, and I uh, and I also think that we um, we get to teach our children what it means to truly trust in God's way. Um, When we 
when we show them the consequences of not following his directives for living that he gives mm. us so kindly. Um, you know, the world looks at it as a something that's holding them back, right? This has existed yeah. from the beginning of the time. I, I you know, mm-hmm. feeling like it's a restriction, but for us, it's truly a freedom to to follow God's way, you know, in, in um, honoring his, his uh, command to marry and then to have a family. Mm. It yeah. is, it, for our good and and I think that's a beautiful thing that we can show our children look at what happens when we step outside of his good plan for our lives there is always some kind of struggle that can happen it doesn't mean we don't struggle when we are following him but we struggle in different ways you know right we still will might lose a baby we still might you know experience loss or sickness and and despair in other ways but but there is a good there is blessing that comes in following his good plan for our lives one of the things that um i've done with my kids and they i still get asked by my eight-year-old she recently asked me again was uh i used to when i was pregnant i would go on there's a site called babycenter.com and they have mm-hmm. uh, your pregnancy week by week and these yeah. beautiful <laughs> Im- yeah you yeah. probably yeah beautiful imagery and videos of the baby in the womb from from the very onset of pregnancy to to full term and um i've watched these with my kids and they are so fascinated pat by these videos they just think Mm -hmm. and and that's something that i would recommend for mothers to do with their young children and you already you touched on this is is allowing them to watch what i mean 10 20 30 years ago well 10 10 years ago yes but 20 30 years ago we didn't have access to Mm -hmm. maybe these this uh this kind of visual um this is so new right since mm-hmm. you know the internet is so new and and so to be able to show our children these videos the awe that they experience i mean right there is just going to increase their understanding of the preciousness of life in the womb and so it's definitely a resource that i will link to for moms and um, i would love to hear from you what what other resources do you guys have available through life canada um, that uh, parents can check out um, to help them in, in having these conversations and teaching their children about the, the beauty of, of life in the womb? Um, well, my, um, I'm chagrined to say we don't have enough on that. Mm-hmm. The, um, and in fact, others have done better resources. So um, the, I would uh, search these apps. We don't have an app or anything like that on our website. Um, uh, at the moment and our life Canada kids was a new initiative we started I uh, gosh was it in COVID or not I can't remember in COVID or after COVID um, where we had begun and then we had some uh, we've been merging our organization so we've had some other issues to deal with before we could advance those programs um, life Canada works mainly with the member groups so that's where I would direct most parents to look around your own neighborhood and see, is there a pro-life group um, working in your area? Uh, sometimes these are associated with the churches. Sometimes they're independent on their own. Uh, but guaranteed, there's someone there's someone there. There's lots of little small grassroots areas, and they are desperate for people to come forward and join into their events or ask, how can we help you further? Mm, um, okay. The one of the problems we're dealing with in generally in all of Canada is that we've got an older demographic, 
it's much the same as the churches are dealing with the same things with uh, that age category and that uh, uh, group of people that are older set are, uh, you know, becoming too old to be the engaged and the active members anymore. And they're stepping down and wanting to move on to other things. Uh, And we haven't brought in a large sector of younger kids or younger adults, younger by meaning the 50 to the 30 year old bracket (laughs) going down the pipeline that way. This is the one, there's reasons for that because one that, I mean, the 30 to 50 year old category are usually working. So it's hard to be volunteering extra like that when you've got a full-time job at the same time and family. So it's usually something where you get someone who's not uh, that engaged in their careers and such. So that's why that's a little harder to get that group out. And I have great hope in the younger set. Because of what you said there a moment ago, these children have access to knowledge that uh, you and I didn't when we were the same age. Mm-hmm. Um, they now will they'll see through the lie that this is not a baby. Because, wait a sec, I just saw on Facebook, Twitter, or wherever, yes, this that's image, right. like, don't tell me that that's not. And yeah. as, as a good example, this week in a British newspaper uh, came out and tried to say a nine-week-old <laughs> embryo only looks like this. And they actually put a picture up there, which is that. Wasn't I mean, it some cotton? I did see that. Yes, it was, it was some, just. It was like cotton. Like, are you mad? Like, are you, do you really think that the public is that dumb? And the backlash was ferocious, not only from from pro-life people, but also people who are pro-choice. So like, you know, don't give us that garbage. <clears throat> you know, we know what. <laughs> and yeah. Um, yeah. very interesting to see that uh, that's not going to fly anymore. Ultrasounds no. and the uh, Google and the science of the apps uh, has brought knowledge and power to our fingertips. And when yeah. used well, we can uh, revolutionize and change the world. So mm-hmm. there's a big, big step forward right there with our next generation. And this is a huge positive aspect. So we have to encourage our kids to, uh, you know, you want to surf the net? Then let's do it. Let's go out and find out how many pro-life organizations are in my province. How many are in my neighborhood? Is there a pregnancy care center there? What are they doing? Do they have a a food drive? Do they have a baby bottle drive? Uh, What ways? If they don't, maybe you would like to start one. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, what about a mother's group of simply saying, is there a mom and tot group around? A lot of women, one of the biggest things we're frustrated with being stay-at-home moms is that I need another adult to talk to, <laughs> you know. Mm, and yeah. mom groups are, are fabulous, fabulous ways and means to uh, calm the new mom down and empower the senior mom to be able to finally share her knowledge with someone who wants to hear it. Mm-hmm, um, because mm-hmm. if you've learned how to put a child to bed and get them to sleep or to nurse or to <laughs> yeah. get rid of that little sore bum that that little guy has, um, mm-hmm. or just to say, you know, this too shall pass, you know, she's mm-hmm. two, it's normal. You know, that, um, or this is what five-year-olds yeah. are like. Don't you're worry about failing. it. You know? You're not no, failing. No, you're not failing. You're doing great, yes. mom. You're, yeah. you know, you've got this. Yeah, but my house is a mess. Well, you know, so is mine. You know, you eat all yes. die today. Nobody's going to look at our house and say, oh, two weeks ago, she didn't clean up the table. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so let's take some pressure off us um, in that direction. Bring them together. And all these are pro-life actions. You know, it's not just about going out and uh, being an activist. That's a calling for some in some particular areas. That works well if the target is right. But 
not everybody has that calling and not everybody is going to be you it's not going to be useful yeah, to everybody. thanks for saying that yeah. thanks for saying that i yeah. think there's a lot of women that need to hear that yeah mm-hmm. we we are called to be pro-life in in all areas so when we speak of pro-life it's not just in these classic areas but a pro-life businessman should look at that and say you know i can do better by my people and these are the changes i'm going to make and is it going to cost him yeah it probably will to get all that smooth and running but the rewards one that people would want to work for that company you know <laughs> i'm used i don't want to be sexist here and say a guy <laughs> him i mean her or him whoever owns the grocery store you know or that chain of grocery stores to say this is going to be our policy because we want healthy families healthy families are the bedrock of our society allow the mum or dad whoever wants to be the stay at home to be there for those vulnerable years where they children need such support and intimacy with their own parent and then as the children grow make new amends for the you know both to go back into the working field if that's what they so desire you know um mm-hmm. and it could be the mom stay at home it could be a dad stay at home that's up for the family to decide but we all know everybody knows police officers doctors judges lawyers sociologists anyone we all know the healthier the family the healthier society is going to be it yes prevents, amen it prevents amen. all these other things so if we invest in that yes. direction that is in my opinion the ultimate pro-life act we can do build our families up strengthen our mothers uh, to be the authority that they naturally are by virtue of being mother and the men by virtue of being father in a healthy and positive sense in everything good about the authority of the family in there and then allow the children to foster in that that system that will strengthen them and be make them courageous and prepared to deal with the world at large because Mm -hmm. once they leave our tutelage they're they've got to have those tools in the, in their kit to say i recognize what you're saying is truth or untruth absolutely thank you pat so much for sharing that i i know it's just going to be a blessing to the listener to help encourage them in their role at home and and in the workplace and in in whatever way they feel led to talk about this i hope that they feel more equipped to do that after this conversation i uh, thank you again so much for joining me here today it's been a, a privilege to talk with you thank you so much Linnell. this is the first time i've done a podcast like this so it's been a delight um and i really appreciate uh, the time we've taken it's this is such a broad topic that it's it's really hard to get it into one little podcast or one talk and yeah. and you need many voices. Yeah, I'm just one yes. voice. I work with Life Canada and lead many of the or attempt to lead many of the member groups and they have their own stories as well. So, um I encourage you you're in BC to reach out to some of those groups out there and to hear the good things that they're doing. Um across Canada, there's millions of people who are working for life uh in many ways that nobody would ever recognize and uh, so it might look as if we're uh not not as much as happening in the public front as in USA you Americans are no- notorious for being right out there but we Canadians were a little bit more polite and a little bit more quiet in our uh, our doings there is lots of action going on uh but i do agree it's time now to come out and to be a little bit more bold uh with compassion and uh, sensitivity and wisdom wisdom to which our country sorely needs right now 
to be those voices for life. I love the quote that uh, from Mother Teresa that Pat shared. If you want to change the world, go home and love your family. Many of you have probably heard that before, um, but it has such an impact, doesn't it? I'd like to read you another quote by Mother Teresa that holds such wisdom. And if we accept that a mother can kill even her own child, how can we tell other people not to kill one another? How do we persuade a woman not to have an abortion? As always, we must persuade her with love and we remind ourselves that love means to be willing to give until it hurts. Jesus gave even his life to love us. So the mother who is thinking of abortion should be helped to love, that is, to give until it hurts her plans or her free time, to respect the life of her child. The father of that child, whoever he is, must also give until it hurts. Isn't that incredible I just I had to read that several times when after I first read it um, it really just speaks to the self-sacrifice that is needed um, in motherhood in parenting so let's be women that love and serve until it hurts let's honor God by honoring the young precious and most vulnerable in our society by fighting for them in any way that we can every life matters from conception until death and we can start fighting by loving our own families well isn't that a beautiful encouragement for the week ahead not everyone is called to be a scene activist most of us are called to serve right where we're at to value life in all forms and raise up our children to do the same friends i hope you have a wonderful week and I look forward to being back here with you again very soon.